Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. Jay Jones, and I am here, as always, with George Mays, and this is Text Driven Tuesday. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing well. Awesome. Got a little cold snap coming. Little? Mm-hmm. Little cold snap little. For, da- for around here. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I am not looking forward to this weather. Yeah, going to be... It's really cold for around here. Uh-huh. Like we're going like a week barely above freezing, like thirty three degrees. Yeah. And then next week, like real cold. What is it gonna be, Larry? This is the time we need Larry's microphone. I know. What's the temperature next what was week, it, Larry? Like nineteen degrees or something crazy? Whew. Ugh. What happened last time, George, <laughs> in this church when it ha- when it was that cold? Yeah. I... It's a day you'll never forget. Well, it... It was the second time that it happened. Well, not well, not quite the same way. This right. one, actually, this one was better. Yeah. So what was this three years ago? Yeah, three we're, years ago. I don't even know what we were doing. We were standing. We were standing like in the hallway out here, and we hear this. I think. Yeah. Well, I think what was <laughs> oh, no. going on is we were talking about and planning for that new entryway. Yeah. Because this was the this was the period. Um, for the preview services before we started the merger on mm-hmm. March first, that's when we ca- became a new church on March four, March first last mm-hmm. three years ago. Yeah, and we discovered a river. Yeah, running a rapids running down the hall. Remember, it was a waterfall because oh, the man. the pipe had broke and it was coming out of the the tiles mm-hmm. in the, in that that Sunday school classroom and flowing out into the hall. That's right, and it, that was. Oh, that was terrible. It was the perfect storm because what had happened was the pilot light went out, so mm-hmm. the heater went out. Well, we didn't know that. So right. and then that night it got down to like five degrees, which yeah. is insanely cold here. And the uh, sprinkler froze. Yep. And then when the day the next day when it got warm out, yep. it all broke free. Mm. That was not a fun time. That's not a fun way to start a church merger. No. <laughs> No, it was not dealing with that I, mess. But I would, I would prefer that to coming in a couple of years before that. Yeah, and uh, sewage yeah. had come up into the uh, the church, yeah, yeah, into the right. offices. It was in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I would much rather a pipe burst. Yeah, um, with clean water. It was clean water. Then walking into sewage. It was, it was uh, water mitigation came, and they were here for a while. Then, yeah. then it got a little tricky because one of the rooms had asbestos. You remember that? I do. And Because uh, this is an old building, obviously. So we had to have the hazmat uh-huh. people come out and like <laughs> certify that things were cleaned properly. What yeah. a nightmare that was. Yep. What a nightmare. I'm like, hey, I can, handle, I can do this. I used to be a plumber. I'll just put a face mask on and tear this asbestos out like I used to. <laughs> That's probably not healthy for me, huh? No. Probably not. Nope. Well, hopefully uh hopefully we won't have any any adventures this uh this coming week. Hopefully not. George, it is text driven Tuesday. We want to get to the sermon because I had a, it was a great day. I thought it was a great day at our church this weekend. Yeah. Really good. Hopefully uh it was a blessing for everybody else, but it's great for me. Before we do that though, George, before we get to this great text. Got a little surprise for you. Now, Larry, you don't have to switch to the uh, video. I just want you to, to be on George's face. Why are, you, why are you doing this to me? George, because on the way in this morning, I was inspired. Okay. I, I, on the radio came a song that I thought George would love this song. 
What were you listening to? I was just flipping through, right? Okay. And just flipping, flipping, and then all of a sudden this thing hits me. And uh, and it's so good and relevant because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we talked about this on the uh, on a free-for-all Friday. We did. Red letters of the Bible uh-huh. and how you shouldn't. You should not be a red letter Christian. All of the all of the letters of the Bible, like mm-hmm. all of them, the black ones, those are written by uh, Jesus as well. Yeah, or maybe it was a text driven Tuesday when we we're talking the Holy Spirit. That might have been it. Yeah. But anyway, here's a little special treat for you. I'm not even going to start this bad boy at the beginning because I want you to get to. The <laughs> I appreciate that. I want you to get the chorus. You ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah, George. Yeah. The Red Letter Day, George, sing it. Come on, George. Huh? You're not feeling it? No. Of course it's coming. <laughs> what do you think? Wow. You like it? No. You think we should recommend for Philip we could start singing that in church? Pro- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that would be great right before the sermon. Um, you really should have had the camera on you because you're really getting into that song, Jay. Yeah. You know, that's a new song, right? <laughs> I, I think it's a new song, yeah. Um. New song, new song, it, yeah. yeah. Um, they do the, um, they host um, Winter Jam. Okay, you ever been to Winter Jam? I haven't. Okay, do you know what Winter Jam is? I, I don't know. Is it like Space Jam? It's no, no. <laughs> but nice try. No, it's um, it's a it's a concert tour, um, for youth, mm. and um, they they'll have rock bands and and rappers. Mm. And uh, then every year, the the last group to come on is is new song, mm. and so you've got all these all these teenagers here for Skillet. Um, I think Lecrae was there. Like you've got like newer mm-hmm. newer groups that people are actually listening to. <laughs> Get them all hyped up, and then the. <laughs> Then the, then the last group is new song singing singing something like that. How strange! Yeah, that's yeah, weird. Is. And then all the kids yeah. are just standing like, around looking like, "What is happening?" No, like we don't know who these old guys are <laughs> singing singing these, uh, you know, adult contemporary <laughs> Christian songs. Oh man! Yeah. It's, uh. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny, but they host it like they're they they're the ones that started uh, Winter Jam, and so they're they're just the by default they're by default they're the staple group that's always going to be there, and and they are never good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yep, too good. All right, well, we better switch gears and get a little serious. Okay, te- <laughs> it right. is Text Driven Tuesday after all. And you're preaching through 2 Peter, and this is the second sermon, and so now you're in verses 3 and Mm 4. So I'm going to ask you to read the text, and we'll jump back in. And uh, you started on verse 1, so that's where we'll start today. So please read the text for us. Should I read the entire thing? 
What entire thing? Did you notice that I did not read you all didn't. of verse I four? I did catch that. I was like, did oh. Did you catch that? Left off the end there. Maybe he's uh, splicing it. And no. <laughs> nope. You just messed up. No, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I was so, uh, you know, there's- You were there's, thinking about something else. I was. There was so, there's so much rich, rich uh, doctrine in these two verses. And the end of verse four is, is easy to understand. Right. And I was thinking about- uh, becoming partakers of the divine nature, and I just, I just stopped. <laughs> no, that was not intentional. Uh, that was not intentional. That was, an, that was, that was all me. <laughs> that was all me. I was like, okay, interesting break. Yeah, we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah, it really was. <laughs> but it does, it does help us connect to uh, to the next passage. So I, we'll just read it, and we'll just pick up. Next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did not intend to uh, to stop reading right there, and it. Julia, we were at we were eating lunch, and she was like, "Did you read all of it?" I was like, yeah, I read all of it. I went back, and no, I I did not read all of it. So <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, but uh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so I'll read all of it. Okay, I'll read all of it uh, this morning. All right. So Second uh, Peter, beginning of verse one. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Okay. Well, let's jump into this text. Um, You had an interesting uh, opener. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) George, Yeah, I did. Did you did you have the little engine that could at the pulpit with you, or did you, no? Did you no. put it in your notes? I put it in my notes. You re, you wrote it I out by hand. I rewrote it. Yeah. Well, it's a long it's a long book. Yeah. I sent you a picture. I gave you a. I, I knew. I gave you a warning yeah. that it was coming. Um, it's a long book. I didn't I didn't realize how long the story is. Uh-huh. Like it's padded. <laughs> um, so I had to rewrite it because I wasn't going to. You're going to read all of it. I wasn't going to read the whole thing. It would have taken way too long. It was a good selective edit. Um, so I, I just had to to rewrite it. So you start out opening this sermon to garner attention uh-huh. by reading the little engine that could. Right. So kind of your idea was you're not the little engine that could. Yeah, I think that a lot of Christians, it, they, yeah. tr- they treat the Christian faith like um, you're called to obey, mm-hmm. you're, you're called to holiness, and so we treat it like the little engine that could. Okay, this is a daunting task, um, I know that it's it's a serious endeavor, so I'm going to give it all I've got. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And I'm I'm going to just um, give it all my energy, all my all my strength. And you you see this because just a quick search online will reveal some uh, some telling sermon titles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how to break every negative cycle in your life, living up to your potential. What's holding you back? Um, most of those were Stephen Furtick titles, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's like prime example. Yeah. 
Um, but even even if you get away from that stuff, you're hearing all the time, um, be like David mm-hmm. and conquer your giants. Yeah, there's a Goliath in front of you, so um, slay that slay that giant. Dare to be a Daniel, right? And um, it it all is rooted in this idea that we're we're the prime um, actor that yeah. has to has to do this. And um, what Peter and when, wants, to, wants to focus this on is it's not about us. Well, yeah, and what, so what, ha- what happens to most people practically, and we've said this a lot, if you view Christianity that way, you know, maybe the worst thing that could happen to you is you have some success. Yeah. Because then you're going to become prideful. Mm-hmm. You're going to be become a prideful Pharisee-like figure. Yeah. Uh, but usually what happens is you become a burnout. Yeah. You become a burnout and... Um, Hopeless and depressed. Look and at you think Christianity doesn't work. Yeah, look at um, look at youth camp. Yeah, and you 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 look at at Falls Creek, and you've got all these kids that make decisions, and um, they come back. They're on fire. Yeah, really passionate. I, I know because I was one of those one of those kids. Yeah, you yeah. come back. You're you're all energized, and um, a couple weeks later. Like you, you burn out mm-hmm. because you're trying to do it on your own, and you're you're relying on those feelings that you got from from youth camp, where they're playing with your emotions, and um, you you just wind up, um, yeah, you know, like you said, burnt out, mm-hmm. and uh, we get discouraged. There, there's a reason why we. We say that when you are looking at the Old Testament, that these characters, they're not primarily for you to mimic. Mm-hmm. Like David fighting Goliath, that story is not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because if it's about you, you're going to find out that you have five stones and you miss each time. Mm. And there's the, there's the giant who's still standing there. Like, What are you going to do? You're you're all out. You're all out of ideas. You're all out of options. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you need God's grace to, um, to accomplish these these things. And the hope is that, um, it's not up to you. God has already provided for you, mm-hmm. and so He, you are called to godliness, but God is the one that provides all the strength that you need to be godly. Yeah, and that's what your sermon was all about. It was uh, three gracious gifts, and I don't know what the rest of your statement was because I zoned out. But I got that much. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. For, uh, well, I got, you know, at least at least we both zoned out there yeah. for a little bit. I don't even know what I started thinking about, but I got the three ga- gracious gifts part. Maybe yeah. I started thinking about if I have, have ever read the little engine that could. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? You know, uh, I I use that. I use that because I knew it would get attention. Yeah, it did. It was a good. It was a good. And it wouldn't. It wouldn't just be the adults that were paying yeah. attention. It would be the kids also. It was. A, it was a good. It was a good one. And it, and it fit. And it fit with the sermon. Three gracious gifts. That what that God gives us. Yeah, there. It's just three gracious gifts from God. Yeah. Um, because the the reason why we still have people that think that you just need to live up to your potential. You just need to, you yeah. know, grit your teeth and. 
and put in all that energy is because we we've forgotten just how high the mountain is. Mm-hmm. Like the standard is not just be a good person. Yeah, just be nice to people. Um, you know, talk kindly to people, be polite. Like that's not <laughs> that's not the calling. The calling is found at the at the end of verse four. We are called to be partakers of the divine nature. Mm. We are called to be like God. Um, we're, we are created in the image of God. We're supposed to reflect God's goodness um, and his holiness, and we fail to do it. That's the mountain. The mountain is be holy because God is holy. Be perfect as God is perfect. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we think that we can do it is because we have lowered what the mountain is. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't make it up to that, that standard. You can't, you can't make it up right. the height of that mountain. And so we need to be reminded of exactly what the standard is. And um, when we think, I can't do that, I can't, I can't meet those requirements, that's good, you're on the right track. That's right. You've, <laughs> you've, you've taken the first step towards realizing um, the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the good news is that God has already given us all the grace that we need to accomplish what he's called us to do. Yeah. And right. so that's that that was it. It's it's just the three, three gracious, three gifts, gracious that, gifts that God has given us. And the first one that is in our passage is that God gives us gracious power. Got it? Did I get it right? Divine power. Okay. It's divine power in us. Divine God gives us divine power. Yeah. And it's at work in us. So let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Yeah. Where do you get that from the passage? Uh, just the beginning of verse three. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Okay, like so. What do you mean by all things? What does God give us? Does He give us the ability to like speak things into existence with uh, faith? Because uh, uh, this seems like pretty pretty powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. And He says all things. So uh, what are we talking about here? All things. Okay. <laughs> all means all, right? <laughs> now the 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 passage itself limits what He's talking about okay. with all things. So okay. He's not talking about you know um, God has given you divine power. And now you can. You know, go be an Olympic sprinter. Mm-hmm. Like that's not <laughs> that's not what it means. Uh, it's all things pertaining to life and godliness. Yeah. Those that's what that's what he's talking about. Okay. So life would be um, spiritual life. So God has given us new birth, and that new life will continue into eternity. And then that word godliness, um, it it literally means good worship. And uh, it's translated in um, Acts chapter 3 as piety. Okay. So God has, by his divine power, he has given us all things that pertain to our spiritual life and to our, our godliness, our piety. So I got to ask you a question, George. You try to make a joke about your wife. How did that go over yesterday? Uh, you did know, you survive? She, she, oh, yeah. She just gives a... She, she actually... So not, not only did your Sunday school lesson intersect with the sermon hers did too oh really yeah because she was in acts chapter three okay um so what what happens in acts chapter three is that the apostles they heal um a man who was uh, born lame Mm -hmm. and they they tell all the crowd it's not because of our godliness because of our piety Mm -hmm. and uh julia said that she she had said that word in class and she said it both ways she did yeah Interesting. So, so my wife says it as piety. Okay. And it always sounds, it just sounds more educated, <laughs> classier. Maybe that's how they say it in France. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I just say piety. Yeah. It, it, you know, 
she just gave me her sweet smile and mm. that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all things pertaining to godliness God has given us. Uh-huh. So that's how we go about the Christian life, right? Mm-hmm. We don't muster it up from our own self, right? right? We don't we don't get in the mirror and give ourselves a a football locker room right. uh, talk, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's not a pep talk. You got this. You've uh-huh. trained your whole life for this. Right. It's, it's go time, right. you know. Yeah. We so we we have we have our personal responsibility and God's sovereignty here in this verse. Mm-hmm. So we are called to live a godly life. We are called to be pious. Mhm. Um, good worshipers with our lives. But the good news is that everything that God requires of us, he provides for us. Yeah, that is good news. And that's, that's what that verse is all about. Really we good. are called to do this. Yeah. So in contrast to the false teachers that, that Peter is addressing in the congregation who are ignoring God's um, holiness and his perfection and the, the requirements, yeah. the commands for Christians to live a certain way. Right. Um, he's saying, you are called to live this way. Yeah. But God has already given you all things that you need to live this way. I thought about every uh, liberal commentator uh, from the Christian world on Twitter, uh-huh. and this because they they sound like the, the false teachers from Second Peter. Mm. Like, there's no such thing as sin anymore. They just redefine everything. Live right. however you want to live. Yeah. There's no reason for following God's his his unnecessary rules that are outdated, <laughs> right. right? These uh, these impossible standards. We right. we saw this especially a couple of years ago with the Revoice um, mm-hmm. conference. This idea that well, you, you can't be practicing homosexuality, but there are same sex attracted Christians, mm-hmm. and um, there that's not a sin. Mm-hmm. It's not a sin to be attracted to this. You know your your same sex. Part of this is, uh, I, I really do believe, because what's crept into the Christian world is that we're a slave to our biology. Mm-hmm. This is just a Darwinian view. Right. They would never explain it that way, but yeah. you are a, you are an actual slave to your biology if mm-hmm. you're a Dar- Darwinianist, or yeah. is that even a word, just make a word up? If you're a Darwinian mm-hmm. evolutionist, you're a slave to your biology. Yeah. You're not even in control of your thoughts. They're just chemicals. It just so happens that we evolved different ways of thinking, yeah. and some of that's crept into the Church in this way, mm-hmm. in the same way that I would tell my son to master his passions. Yeah. He's not to be attracted to other women other than his wife, right? right. Um, you've got to master yourself. Mm-hmm. You're you are fallen, so you you there are going to be temptations and sins that arise that are not God's will. You're not to be a slave of that. You're yeah. to master it. Yeah, uh, and you can because of what because this of this. Says. Yeah, yeah, uh, because we we make excuses mm-hmm. for why we can't we can't uh, you know live a certain way. You know the the, um, the whole. I you know if you just knew what they they'd done to me, mm-hmm. if you knew what I've gone through, um, you know my family life, how my parents treated me growing up. Like if you only knew, then you know, fill in the blank. Right. Like that. It's this excuse. Yeah. And uh, this passage doesn't leave us with that option. Mm-hmm. We are called to live a life of godliness, um, but th- the hope is. And the encouragement that we can have, the strength that we can have to, to follow this, is that God has already given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And so you can be encouraged that you can live a godly life. Yeah. And he, he's done that because, verse, the beginning of the verse, 
he's given us divine power. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about that just for a minute. Okay. Divine power. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in our uh, Sunday school class. Okay. It's a little hard to grasp, but right. f- well, first off, the the, the grammar here mm-hmm. makes you understand that it, you think it's Jesus. I think so. Jesus' divine power. But yeah. let's just talk about what... If you gr- can grasp what divine power is, mm-hmm. then you can understand how amazing this verse is. Right. God's power is not like anything. We have nothing to compare it to. Right. We often think about God's power or any of His attributes um, as having, as being like the top cap of a level cap. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like it's God mode level power, mm-hmm. but that's not God's power. Right. Because God's power actually has no cap. That's right. It's infinite. It's infinite mm-hmm. and limitless. Right. There's no limitations to his power, yeah. Other than anything that would uh, contradict contradict himself, uh-huh. right? He's only limited by himself, right? And so, in his divine power, there's no limit. There's no limit cap. Mm-hmm. So you could get to where you think you're going to the top, and you'd be like, "Oh, well, there's another. Oh, there it is. It keeps going forever." Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the uh, you ever look at um, what is that thing called the uh, the equation? Oh, what? A, why can't I think of it? Where they plot in two dimensional form that equation, but they, you can keep zooming in on it like infinitely. I showed it in Sunday school. I can't think of it. It's really bothering me now. <laughs> it, 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 there's nothing to compare God's things to. So you right. got to find the closest thing that you can say, okay, this can help me to understand it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandelbrot set. Okay. The Mandelbrot set is infinite. Right in num- the numbers of it, the way that it goes. Have you ever seen a Mandelbrot set? I have no oh, idea. Man. I don't I, know. I'm gonna have to pull it up on here sometime. Okay. Well, you plot this equation. This it's this is God's equation. We discovered it, and you couldn't you can't see it without computers, mm. right? But when you plot it and you put it into a computer program, the computer can keep zooming, and the numbers go infinitely, and it creates a pattern. It's so mm. I mean, it's amazing. Okay. Obviously, computers can't go for eternity, so they run out of computing power. But if they could, they could potentially go for infinity. And that, when you vi- when you see it visually, you're like, okay, that gives me a little taste of what infinity is. Okay. So when you talk about God's attributes and His perfections, you're talking about infinite power. Yeah, they just keep going. It's limitless power. Mm-hmm. And are you saying that this text says that God gives us through His grace... Divine power like that? It's not. Um, it's not our power. Like okay. he doesn't give it. He doesn't give it to us and say, "Now you are infinitely powerful." Mm-hmm. But through His Spirit, that infinite power is working in us so that we can live a godly life. Yeah. So it's not. Again, we're 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 jumping ahead a little bit, but the the communicable attributes and the incommunicable attributes. So the the things that God has that um, he doesn't share with anybody. Right. His eternality. Yes. His self-sufficiency. Uh-huh. Um, you know, omniscience. Uh-huh. All of these attributes right. that right. we're just never going to have. Uh-huh. But he's given us, there There are communicable attributes. Uh-huh. Um, like we're supposed to forgive, like God forgives. 
right? Um, so his, it, his love, his holiness, we're, we're supposed to reflect those. So you brought up a good example. Uh, one was forgiving, mm-hmm. and the other was not looking at pornography. Mm-hmm. So the excuse that people say is that I can't do that. Yeah. I can't stop. Right. Not a valid one. No. Not if they're a Christian. That's right. Because according to God, he's given them the power. The divine power. Yeah, to, it's, to, it's actually, to actually stop. Right. Yeah. It's in them. And this divine power, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is the, this is the, um, like you said, it's, it's, it's the closest thing we really can, can look at. Like Jesus was dead. Yeah. He, he was not breathing. His, his, his heart was not beating. He was, he was dead. His, his spirit was in Abraham's bosom. It was in, it was in paradise. Right. And then God's divine power resurrected him. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of power does it take to bring a soul back from the dead and put it back in the body? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not something that scientists are going to be able to do. Right. Um, this is the divine power that raised him from the dead. And Romans 8, 11, Colossians 2, 11, and 12, Ephesians 1, 16 through 20, all say that the same, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in us. Yeah. And that's, it's the Spirit. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us. And so the, the third person of the Trinity who has infinite power now dwells inside of us. And so that divine power is working in us. That's amazing. It's amazing. So, to think so about. we can we can live godly lives. There's no right. excuse, and you don't have to be discouraged by your sin. You actually can conquer the power of sin because the Holy yeah. Spirit and His divine power is working in you. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times we're like a little kid. You, I don't know about you, but Evangeline, what she likes to do is I tell her to do something. She goes, "I can't." <laughs> yeah, I can't. And yeah. I'm like, "Oh no, you actually can. Stand mm-hmm. up, you know." Right. And then she stands up. Yeah, and we're like that. We're like a little kid saying, "I can't." Yeah. When God's given you, through his grace, Mm -hmm. the power to do what he asks you to do. Yeah, so when you read um, passages of scripture that are telling you what to do, um, you have no excuse. You are to obey, but you don't obey in your own strength. You remember that the Spirit dwells inside of you, and so you have this power working inside of you so that you can obey. Very good. Uh, Philippians chapter two, right? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Yes. So you're, you are responsible, but God is the one who is working in you. Okay, that's the first gift. He gives us this gift of divine power. Second gift that he graces us with is Christ's effectual call of us. Mm-hmm. So explain to us what is the effectual call um, and do that by comparing it and contrasting it to a gen- the general call. Okay. So um, Peter says that we have been granted all things for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So if we are to understand this call, it has to be more than just this general call of the gospel going out to everyone. Yeah. Because he's not talking to everybody. He's talking to Christians. So um, this has been understood as, um, like you said, the distinction between a general call and a special call or or an effectual call. So general call is the the call of the gospel that goes out to everyone. Everyone who hears the gospel is hearing this general call. So if we go out, um, you know, you've been to the abortion mill, 
mm-hmm. and you've preached the gospel to people as they're going in. That's a general call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, when I was preaching the sermon, give the general call of the gospel. Everyone is called to submit to Christ because Christ is king. He's not just king of some people. He's king over everyone. And so everyone is responsible to respond and and submit to Christ. So that's the general call. The special call um, is to individuals. So the general call can go out and people will either respond or not respond. You know, the, you, you can preach the gospel to everyone. Not everyone is going to respond. Mm-hmm. But the special call is the call that goes out by the power of the Spirit to individuals. And it's, it's the difference between, I, I gave the illustration that um, you know, my, my sink at home is filled with dishes. And so my wife says, kids, come in here. That's a general call. Mm-hmm. To to all four of my kids, and they're expected to come, right? But uh, they don't always come, right? <laughs> Someone might come, but not everyone comes all the time. But if she were to call out one of my children in particular by name, then that child comes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the general call of the gospel goes out to everyone, but the special call by the Spirit goes to individuals, and so. Um, you heard the gospel in a general sense, but the Spirit also said, J. Jones, come to Christ. And what happens? Then you, you come. actually come, yeah. right? Um, because the Spirit actually does an effectual work in your life, opening your eyes to see the, the glories of Jesus. And once someone's eyes are open to see who Christ really is, there's no way in which they're going to say, you know what, I wish I was blind again. Right. <laughs> I wish I could go back to not knowing mm-hmm. who Jesus is, um, because he's irresistible. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the effectual call—it's it's traditionally called irresistible grace. It's the eye and tulip, but it's irresistible because Jesus is irresistible. Mm-hmm. Once you see who Jesus is, once the Spirit um, causes you to be born again, you're alive. Right. You're alive, and you see you see who Jesus is, and that he is of infinite value and so you irresistibly come to him because his his pull on you is irresistible yeah um you see the king in his beauty mm-hmm. and who who having seen who he is is going to say you know what i'm going to go over here and do my own thing right um so that's the effectual call yeah that's right so uh, uh, the big application from this you've made is you will make it yeah. You're going to make it to the end. You'll persevere. You'll make it because he's called you. Right. Yeah. Um, if if God effectually calls you, specifically by name, then whatever he starts in your life, he's going to finish it. Uh-huh. Jesus knows his sheep by name, right? And he calls them. Uh-huh. And what do they do? They follow him. They follow him. And he gives them eternal life. They go in and out and find pasture. Yeah. A picture of joy. Right. And no one and will happiness. ever snatch them out of his hand. Yeah. Right. That's that's the that's the whole picture of effectual call. You don't you don't in you don't just stop at the effectual call. You say, okay, what what are the implications? What are the consequences of God's effectual call? It means that he is going to work in your life and you're going to make it. You go to Romans chapter eight. Those whom he called, he justified, and those who he justified 
glorified, mm-hmm. right? It it holds together. It's the golden chain of salvation. You can't break you can't break a link in the chain. It it's held together. And so if he calls you, he's going to finish it. And this gives you encouragement to live a godly life. Yeah. Because you'll you'll make it. Yes, that's right. It is a big encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's not it's not based on you. You you didn't cause yourself to be born again. You didn't say, uh, I, you know, I think today I'll be a Christian. Like that's the that's the the weakness in saying you need to make a decision for Jesus. Right. Um, you do need to make a decision for Jesus, but the only reason that you're going to make that decision is if Jesus calls you. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the that's the encouragement that we have is yeah. that if you are a Christian, um, if you know Christ. It is because of the effectual call in your life, and the one who began a good work and you will bring it to completion. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's move on to the third point because it will take us a little bit longer. Uh, the third point, the third, the third um, gift we have been given, we have been granted precious and very great promises. Right. Yep. Okay. So explain this to us. And um, well, this is verse four, right? Mm-hmm. So, by which, um, going back up to his own glory and excellence, so by his glory and excellence, he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So, his glory and excellence, this is his character. Yeah. So, his moral purity. Um, I think that the best way to understand his glory is to go back to Exodus 33 and 34. Where Moses says, "Show me your glory." Yeah, and how does God show His glory? He declares His character. Yeah, He hides Him, and He and, hides and Him, and He, he, sa- he says, him. "I'm a God who forgives, but I will by no means clear the guilty." And that brings up the big conundrum: mm-hmm. How does this happen? Right. How, how, do you- how can God? How can God punish sin, but let the sinner go? Yeah, and that's the that's the whole that's the whole question that drives the Old Testament. Yeah. How is God going to do this? How can you be a just God and a forgiving God? Right, because it seems that the two don't can't fit yeah. somehow. Right, um, and it only comes into clear focus in the gospel uh-huh. in the New Testament. Right, um, so Paul can write in Romans chapter three that it's through Christ that God gave us a propitiation, a, satis- a satisfying offering um, that atones for sin. It's through Christ and his blood um, that God is revealed to be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ. So mm-hmm. God is just. He doesn't let sin go. He doesn't ever forget sin and let it go unpunished. Yeah. Every sin that has ever been committed will be dealt with. But for the believer, it's dealt It's dealt. Um, it's final blow in the death of Christ. So Christ takes our sin and our guilt and our shame and, and the, the punishment and the wrath that is due to us on the cross. And because he takes it, we're free. Yeah. Right? And God, God, the great exchange, he gets, Jesus gets our, our sin is, is imputed, put on him, but his righteousness, his obedience is imputed or put on us. And so we're justified. Yeah. Um, by the righteousness of Christ mm-hmm. um, through faith alone, not by our works. And so I think that's how you should understand his his glory. Yeah. Like this this big picture of God. God is just in in uh, punishing sin, but he's also the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ. Yeah. And so 
by these things, he's given to us his precious and very great promises. So these promises, they come to us because of God's character. Yeah. That he he's he's gonna punish sin, but he's also gonna let you go free. Uh-huh. And so what are these promises? Are they just you get to go to heaven when you die? Yeah. That's 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 one pro- that's probably what's on a lot of people's mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or that if you become a Christian, things will be better in your life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have a great marriage now and right. Everything's going to be your kids will be, be fine. They'll yeah. be so good. They'll uh-huh. grow up. They'll be so good and perfect. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I don't think those are the promises that Peter has in mind. And I think that he's given us hints throughout this these two verses of what he's talking about. So the divine power that's in us. Uh-huh. This is the Holy Spirit that's given to us. Um knowledge of him. So we're actually going to know God. We just kind of gloss over that. Yeah, big deal. You know God. You have an intimate relationship with him. Um he's granting to you promises and and so so through these promises you escape from the corruption of the world. Mm-hmm. Um so sin is put to death in you. And I think the the only way that we can understand all of these these aspects of these promises is by going back to the Old Testament and looking at Jeremiah 31 or Ezekiel 36 or these new covenant passages. Yeah. Um, because you look at Jeremiah 31, and you have all the all the elements that he's been talking about, um, that God God is um, putting His law in His people's hearts. Mm-hmm. They'll that's that's paired up with Ezekiel 36 with the Spirit being given, so the divine power that's in you. Um, they'll all know they'll all know me. They'll all know God. Um, I'll forgive them of their sins. Like all, all of these aspects that, that Peter is weaving through these verses are found in Jeremiah 31 and Ezekiel 36, and um, there's places in Isaiah. Isaiah 55's got, got these things, 54, 54 and 55. Um, so I, I think that's what he's talking about, that because of God's character, he makes these massive promises. Mm-hmm. Like this word, this word can literally be translated as his mega promises. Yeah. Um, and it's the new covenant. We had mega joy once, now we got mega promises. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he gives us these mega promises, these mm. precious and very great promises because of his character. He gives us the promises of the new covenant. George, this sounds really God-focused to me. It, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I thought Christianity was all about me. It's all about us. All about yeah, what you can it? do. You make a decision, you walk an aisle, <laughs> you say a prayer, you get baptized. This is, uh, I think, one of the defining splits in what you would see today as Christianity in America. Mm-hmm. You have one form that is incredibly man-centered and man-focused. Yeah. But if you become a, uh, hopefully, a student of the Bible, uh, which we're hoping that this podcast would inspire you to be. Right. What you're going to find is that everything in the Christian life is so God-focused. Yeah. You're like a minor, 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 minor character. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're the guy in the movie that as they pan the crowd, um, you know, or they, they pan the street, like, you walk by and, and your face, like, barely catches the screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, I like the picture of you're the damsel in distress. You like that? Yeah. Like, you're the one, you're the one who's been kidnapped. Yeah. And you're not the hero. Yeah. You you are the you're the one who needs to be rescued. Mm. 
And so here comes the here comes the warrior, here comes the hero who's going to slay the dragon and and rescue his bride. Yeah. Um that's that's the the beauty of the gospel. Right. right? So yeah, I mean if you're at a church that's always talking about you and what you need to do and what you're what you can be and how great things can be living up to your potential and god is like a uh, stepping stool to that right like that's not the place you want to be like he's your you co-pilot know? that's not where you want to be right you got to find a uh, got to find a place to go that's god it's focused on god centered on christ mm. it's all about him because this like even this passage it's all about what the promises that we get are we get because of his character. Right. And the promises that come to us are the promises of the new covenant yeah. and they're all about Christ and what Christ does. <laughs> right. Because the, to the us. these promises they can't be they can't be realized except Christ dies. Yeah. Like that's why he he holds up the cup and he says this is the new covenant in my blood. Yeah. Like these promises they can't actually be they can't be actualized unless Christ goes to the cross. Mm-hmm. It's all about him. Because yeah. of his death and his resurrection and ascension, that's that's why all of these things can happen. The Spirit can't come unless Jesus goes. Yeah, right. That's what he, that's what Jesus says. Um, that, that's what Peter says in Acts chapter two. This is the evidence that he's been he has um, ascended to the right hand of the Father is because the Spirit has come. Yeah, that, that's the whole that's the whole flow of it. Yeah, um, and so the it's his divine power working in us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're called to his glory and excellence. It, we come to him because of who he is and his divine, his his precious and very great promises. They come flowing out of his character, and yeah. so it is. It's all about him. Now that doesn't take away our responsibility, because we are called to something, and we see that in verse four. It's through these great, these precious and very great promises, so that. Through them, through these promises, the new covenant promises, we might become partakers of the divine nature. Yeah, and that just blows. Yeah, yeah, just blows yeah, yeah, us yeah. all away because we we look at that and we're like, oh, oh whoa, that right. makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, right. I, I told you that I uh, was listening to. I got specifically on this sermon online uh-huh. because a famous author. I'm not going to tell their name. Was preaching <laughs> You're this gonna passage. Protect him? Yeah, this preaching okay. this passage, and then he said. I have no idea what this means. Partakers of the divine nature. Uh-huh. I have I have no idea what this means. And then he moved on. I'm like, well, the only reason I got on here was because I wanted to hear what the, what you thought this meant. And I think that does a disservice <laughs> to the to the passage. Yeah. Because I think you see what it means. I, I don't think that Peter has been unclear. Now now people, because of their sin, they twist it. I, I gave the example of, of Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Right. Whenever I hear God say "I am," I just smile and say "I am too." It's crazy. Like you just boldly utter these blasphemies. Yeah. Like you have you have no regard for God's holiness. You think that you are because God is. It makes you wonder. Like <laughs> is, is he not is he not possessed by a demon, but the prince of demons? Yeah. Himself. He looks you know like, what I mean? He looks demon possessed. It's that's a that's an that's who could say such a thing? Right. Yeah, this is this is known as the little god theology, and he's he's not the he's not the only person that holds it, and he's not even the first one to present yeah. it. Um, he's just maybe the most audacious yeah. in talking about it. Um, but that's not what this passage means. I'm there. I th- he's either demon possessed or he's on meth. 
One of the two, man. His eyes are wild. He's got the wild meth eyes. His teeth are too. Yeah, but those are probably aren't perfect. teeth, man. Those are probably den- so? those are probably dentures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's he's got a. It's one or the other. Yeah. Because those eyes, they've got some like strange electricity in them. Yeah, his um that that uh, su- that surprise interview at the airport. Yeah. And he was creepy. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's right. He's not. He's not a partaker of the divine nature. I at all. I, I don't. I wouldn't think so. Uh-uh. Yeah. Not. I don't see how you could say something like that. Yeah. So the. What does it mean then? Yeah. If it doesn't mean we become gods. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let's just stop right there, Jake. Are we gonna get, I don't know what it means. Are we going to get planets or what? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> Remember. I mean, notice how he how Peter phrases it. He doesn't say you become divine. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say you become God. And that's where these word of faith guys just go off the rails. Yeah, um, this is you know this is not Mormonism, mm-hmm. where as as we as we are God once was and as God is we, we will become. Be. Yeah, that's that's Mormonism. Yeah. That's not what that's not what is going on here. Where you become a god of your own planet, mm-hmm. sire children, and that's we become partakers of the divine nature. Mm-hmm. All right, so we. We are made in God's image, and what that means is that we were we were meant to reflect who God is. Mm-hmm. We were meant to reflect His character. So God is the great King over the universe, and He has put man on Earth to act as a little king, mm-hmm. have dominion over the Earth. Yeah, um, God is holy. God is righteous. He's just. Man made in God's image is supposed to reflect that. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be righteous. We're supposed to be just. Um, but and, man and, through his... And creators. There, and that, there's yeah. all kinds of things. God, oh, yeah. is, God is a creator, and then he's given us to create right. in this physical realm and yeah. to build and to be creative. And and to know God. Yeah. Like we, ha- we have been made in his image so that we can know him. Mm-hmm. God is not unknowable to us because we've been made in his image, and so he... He wants that relationship, um, but through sin, um, the the image hasn't been destroyed, but it's been marred, mm-hmm. and so we don't reflect God like we should. I use the little illustration: we're we're supposed to reflect God like a mirror would reflect the sun. Mm-hmm. Like the mirror is not the sun, right? It doesn't have the same um, being as the sun, but it reflects it. And if you look in a mirror that's reflecting the sun, it's still going to burn your eyes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But through sin, we have failed to image God correctly. Mm -hmm. And so we we sin. We sin against God. We sin against each other. Um, We're not just. We're not righteous. We're not holy. But through the promises of the new covenant... God is restoring that image. Mm-hmm. And so the name of the podcast is Conformed to Christ. Mm. We we wouldn't call it that if this wasn't what the Bible had actually said that we were called to do. It could be the coolest podcast name ever. It could be. <laughs> Just saying. But the, this is Romans 8 again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's conforming us to the image of his son. 
Um, the image that was marred in the fall is being renewed day by day by the power of the Spirit. And so we are becoming like Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we are reflecting who God is. We're reflecting his character and his nature. We are called to be holy. We're called to be righteous and just and loving and forgiving and merciful and patient and, and um, hate sin and uh, to love our neighbor and to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what it means by becoming a, a partaker of the divine nature is that we are becoming like Jesus. Mm. Yes. Um, we are becoming like God. And we, um, we, we see this becoming partakers of the divine nature and we shy away from it because it sounds too good to be true. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It is too good to be true. That's why they're called precious and very great promises. Yeah. Not because they're, they're minuscule, something to yawn at. These are fantastic promises. And um, it's all because of God. Yeah. And so God has rescued us out of our sin and our misery and our rebellion. And he's, he's called us to be like him. And that's not something to just shrug at. Eh. That's right. That's and it's, right. Not, it's not something to um, insult God by saying, I can do it. And to ignore what uh, what Peter has written about, and so we'll see what that's supposed to look like next week yeah. as we look at uh, verses five through eleven. We we have been called, as the end of verse four says, to escape from the corruption of the world that's through its sinful desires, and uh, so we are called to to live a certain way, yeah. and so that's what verses five through eleven are are going to do. It's calling us to a certain a certain um, lifestyle, certain yeah. a certain way of living. Yeah. But he front loads it with verses three and four so that we know it's not on our own strength. It's That's because good. of what God has done for very us. Good. How many more do you have before you, you hit a break? Uh, I should be doing five through 11 and then 12 through the end of the chapter. So two more? I think so. Oh, man, I'm yeah. intimidated because it's John 17 next. You better, better start working. I'm, I'm inadequate for that for that chapter. Well, I'm in, in, inadequate for it all, but that's a, that's a big chapter. It big is chapter. a big one. It's a big yeah, chapter, it is. man, yeah. John 17. Well, I could always go a little bit slower oh, if man. you want me to I'm give to, you a little bit more time. I'm going to have to uh, get to preparing. Yeah. Reading. Got to read. I don't read fast either. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening today. This is Text Driven Tuesday. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you, and uh, we hope that it has. If it has, please uh, like, subscribe, and share. I say it every time, and yet we don't have a lot of likes. Maybe. uh, I don't know. I'm begging for likes now. (laughs) Maybe write us a review. Let's do that. Yeah. Somebody write us a review today, and uh, we would really appreciate that. So we'll be back for Free For All Friday. Hope you'll join us then on Friday. Who knows? Who knows what will happen this week? Who knows? Yeah. We don't know what Friday, Free For All Friday will be, but something crazy will happen this week, and we'll talk about it. So we're just glad you're part of this podcast. Share with your friends. It's our hope. Uh, Everything we do helps you to become conformed to Christ. 